Hey guys, welcome and welcome back to the Kingdom Talk podcast, where we let the one who created us be the one to define us. This is your girl, Prophecy Beulah, and I'm back with another episode. Today's episode um, is about something that's very close to my heart and actually something that I'm also learning in this season um, and continuing to learn because we're always in an ever learning process. Now, I'm really tired. I need you guys to be with me today. I have not had my nap. Um, I was supposed to have a nap today, but, you know, life happens and you can't really have a nap. So I'm really tired. Bear with me. But I had to sit on here and give this to y'all. I could not sit with this by myself. I could not. I, I can't hoard the gospel, the truth. Okay. So we're going to jump right into it. Today we're talking about moving with the pattern. You need to move with the pattern. Move with the pattern. A, move with the pa- Okay, why am I, why am I excited? It's the joy of the Lord, y'all. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord that got me feeling the way I'm feeling. It got me feeling happy. It got me feeling at peace. Anyways, so we are in Job 18, 1 to 21. I don't know if I can read the whole thing because it's pretty long. Because 1, 2, 21. All right. So I don't know if I have the best version on here. So this is something that God gave me from a very unexpected verse like this verse is just like i was not expecting god to talk like that from this verse you know what i mean so i'm just gonna read it with y'all let's read it together you know what i'm saying then bildad also i'm sorry if i'm just like jumping into this y'all i'm like i really want to get this done and i realize i take so much time yapping like i'm yapping a lot and i need to cut it down and deliver the word deliver what not the word i don't say like the word but deliver what is in my heart, what I feel the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you, okay? So we're in Job 18, 1 to 21. Then Bildad, the Shunhite, answered and said, How long will you hunt for words? Consider then, consider, and then we will speak. Why are, you, why are we counted as cattle? Why are we stupid in your sight? You who tear yourself in anger, Shall the earth be forsaken for you, or the rock be removed out of its place? Indeed, the light of the wicked is put out, and the flame of his, of his fire does not shine. The light is dark in his tent, and his lamp above him is put out. His strong steps are shortened, and his own schemes throw him down. For he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he walks on its own mesh. A trap seizes him by the heel. A snarl lays hold of him. A rope is hidden from him in the ground, a trap for him in the path. Terrors frighten him on every side and chase him at his heels. His strength is famished and calamity ready for his stumbling. And calamity is ready for his stumbling. It consumes the parts of his skin that the the firstborn of death consumes his limbs. He is torn from the tent in which he trusted. And he is brought to the king of terrors. In his tent dwells what which 
that which is none of his sulfur is scattered over his habit habituation habituation habitation what in the world <laughs> like, that is not right his roots dry up beneath and his branches wither above his memory perishes from earth and he has no name in the street he is thrust from light to darkness and driven out of the world he has no prosperity or progeny among his people and no survivor where he used to live they of the west are appalled at his day and the horror seizes them from the east surely or well sure surely such are the dwellings of the unrighteous such is the place of him who knows not god so if you're familiar with this passage or with the chapter of job we know that job um you know had been struck with calamity with um sickness disease his family was killed everything was stripped from him he basically had nothing right and in those times which were the pharisees of those times aka the pastors of those times right i'm not saying all pastors but a lot of pastors right the the pharisees of those times also held close to the law. They believed a lot of what Moses, Abraham, and the people before brought forth, right? Um, And one of the things that they believed was that if you see someone who is like every nothing is working out for him, that person has been cursed by God, right? That's what they believed. So Bildad was a friend of Job. And basically he came to Job and he's telling him, you're unrighteous. If God is doing this to you, you're unrighteous. If you're suffering like this, you're unrighteous. You have sinned God. You have sinned against God. You have been cursed by God. Because that was the pattern, right? If you're suffering, it must be for a reason, right? God will never let his righteous suffer. God will never let his righteous down, right? One second. God will never let his righteous suffer. God will never let his righteous down. Hmm. That's what they believed. And that's what a lot of us believe today. We believe that if we're going through stuff, if we're feeling the way that we're feeling, if we're experiencing the things that we're experiencing, there must be a reason. There must be something wrong. What did I do to deserve this? Right? Did Jesus do anything to deserve dying on the cross? So immediately that pattern that we think we know is broken. Anyways, backtrack. Let's backtrack. Let's backtrack because I don't want to go in front. And by the way, there might be a part two to this. There probably will be a part two to this because it's 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 just weighty. And I don't want to rush it because whatever, what good comes from rushing? You know what I mean? So I'll do part one today and I'll do part one tomorrow and it will, part one will be uploaded um, Thursday, you know, you know the drill, right? But instead of knowing the character of Job, build, instead of Bildad knowing who Job was and not questioning the character of Job, instead of trusting Job, right? Immediately he's like, mm, he turned his back on him. And said that God is not with you. 
because of the calamity that you're suffering. After that, in the passage in chapter 19, Job is telling Bildad, bro, like, get out of here. Stop talking. Like, I did not do nothing to deserve this. You know, he's just saying, like, why are you saying this to me? Why are you torturing me with your words? But sometimes God will use suffering as a way of breaking you. Move with the pattern. Let me lay a foundation. God has patterns. But here is the kicker. You will never know God's patterns without knowing God's character. And you will never know God's character without studying who God is. You can never study who God is without listening to him. Sorry, y'all. There's something in my eye. You can never know God's character without hearing his voice. Ah. Sorry, guys. There's something in my eye. You can never know God's character without hearing his voice. God has a pattern. But if you don't know the character of God, if you don't hear the voice of God, if you don't listen to what God says, if you don't go in which is in if you don't go in the way in which he is directing you, you will lose him. Now the question is, how do we discern God's pattern? How do we know when God is moving? How do we know how God is moving? Right? Job's friend believed that Job was being cursed and that the suffering he was experiencing was evidence of sin in his life. But human suffering or happiness, human suffering or happiness, I'll say, but human suffering or human happiness in this life is not proportional to people's sin or good works. Just because someone is going through something does not mean they deserve it. And it's easy for us to say that for ourselves because we have, we have sympathy for ourselves. But is it easy for us to say that to our enemy? Is it easy for us to say that to someone we don't like? Or is it just easy for us to say that because we're biased? Hmm. If you are not, if you do not know the character of God, let me say it like this. If you're biased about your perspective on how you view how God should move, you will miss God. Because God is not biased at all. You will miss God and you will miss his pattern in your life. And if you miss the pattern of God in your life, you miss the lessons. If you miss the lessons, you miss the presence. You no longer become a place that the Holy Spirit can dwell. You just become a passerby. Someone who walked by a beautiful house but never got inside. Never got a chance to see the beauty of that castle. See the beauty of God. Just pass by. Job's friends did not have God's perspective. They had their own perspective. 
when it comes to God's pattern, <laughs> God has his own perspective. And what I've realized personally for me is that the more that I have switched my current situation to God's perspective, everything changes. See, people believed in the perspective of the bias that they had. People believed that Job deserved what he got. But yet no one had evidence to point the sin in his life. The Bible said Job was a faithful man. Right? He was a man of honor. He did not go against God's laws. God's, like, this is a man. This is a righteous in right standing. The word right, righteous, means right standing with God. This was a man who was righteous, who was in a constant right standing with God. But because people did not, let me call them Pharisees, because Pharisees did not have the perspective of God, they missed the move of God. They missed oh, the move of God because they did not have the perspective of God. I don't know about y'all, but I'm scared to miss the move of God. I do not want to miss the move of God. Because God doesn't just move without leaving residue of his goodness, his faithfulness, his favor. There's a fragrance when God moves. So I don't want to miss him. Because I want some of that fragrance, okay? But some of us have been rid. We've been rid of everything that we've ever wanted. We've been rid. Let me say this. Not everything you want is everything you need. So I'm going to rephrase what I said. We've been rid of everything we have ever needed. Needed. Simply because we do not look at God's perspective of our situation. Because God's perspective says that everything is going according to plan. God's perspective says that everything is perfect as the way it is. God's perspective is here is enough. I am enough here with what I have. I am enough here with the microphone, with a phone of a microphone that I have. Oh, a microphone of a phone. <laughs> what? Anyways, you guys, you guys get what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm using a microphone. My phone is a microphone. I am enough here. With the, with the you know what I'm saying? With the simplicity of it all. Here is enough. For me, because here in God's perspective is perfect. Isn't that crazy to think about all the ambiguous situations? Think about all the people who would look at a situation and call it bad, and God calls it good. This is why it's so important to know the character of God. Because when you know the character of God, you understand his pattern. And when you know the character of God, you're you're able to discern when something is not his pattern. Right? You're able to discern even with his voice. When God speaks to you, does this align with the character of God? But you will never really distinguish 
God's voice if you do not know God's character? What does he sound like? This is an easy, easy way to know if you hear from God or if you want to hear God's voice more in your life. Get to studying the character of God because the character of God will tell you who God is. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. It doesn't say my sheep have the potential to know my voice. It doesn't say my sheep know my voice when they come closer, which means God is ever talking to you. God is ever, he's always saying something. And sometimes he says it and we think it's us who say it. But this is what changed my life. And this is what enabled me to hear God more is that the reason why God can speak and it sounds like it's us speaking to us, it's because God has intertwined himself in us. So sometimes he will speak through the through our voice and our conscience because that is what we understand. He will speak to us in a way that we will hear it. So sometimes that sounds like you, but it's really God because it's in your conscience. Of course, it sounds like you. He is a part of you. It sounds like you because he is a part of you. He is in you, right? But an easy way to hear God's voice, study his character. When you hear God say something or you're not sure if God said it or you're not sure if, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not sure what's going on. Compare it to the character of God. I know God is faithful. I know he's loving. I know he's caring. I know he's intentional. I know he feels what I feel. I know he hurts when I hurt. God will not lead me to a confusing situation he might lead me to a situation that looks like nothing but he will not lead me to a confusing situation Hmm. there's so many ways that god speaks and one primary way that you can understand if, if if god is truly speaking is to study his character who god is Study the sovereignty of God. How do you study God's character? Look at him in his word. In different instances. I remember I was reading. Um, I'm about to go. I'll, I'll do part two tomorrow. Um, I was reading. Let me pull it up. I was reading Genesis 18, 33. And in this passage, God was about to. Um, he was about to bomb. Not bomb. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it that way. Um, he was about to um, destroy um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And Moses was pleading with God. He was like, what if there's like 20 believers? And God is like, if there's 20 believers, I will not. I, they will not be touched. I will not destroy the city. What if there's like 10 believers? God is like, if there's 10 believers, I will not destroy the city. What if there's four? What if there's two? And every time... God said that every time Moses said something out of, out of his own worry, out of his own anxiety, God was patient enough to answer. Right. So what taught me, what, what that taught me, because your girl struggles with overthinking. Okay. What God told me is that even when you overthink, I am patient enough to answer all your questions. Because in that moment, Moses was not asking Because he didn't know that God didn't know. Because God knows everything. So Moses knew. Moses was a friend of God. Moses knew that God knows what he's doing. But why was he 
constantly, constantly asking God, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Sounds familiar. What if he doesn't text me back? What if he's not, like, what, what, what if, what if this is not meant for me? What if I never get the car I want? What if I never get the family I want? What if I'm forever single? What if I never, what, what if I don't pass this exam? Sounds familiar? What if I'm never happy? What if I'm, what if I'm always going to be depressed? What if I'm actually stupid? What if I don't know what life, what if, what if? And in that moment, God told me, you're overthinking does not scare me away. It pulls me closer. Because I know in that moment, you just want me to be there. And one thing that I learned from God's character from that passage is that God understands me intrinsically. And that God is patient with me. Okay. I got like, oh, my time is up. I got to go, y'all. Part two is coming out soon. But what is God's perspective on your life? What if what is God's perspective on your situation? And if you don't know what it is, ask him about it. Because I guarantee you that God knows exactly what he's doing. That you are the one who needs to yield to his pattern. Yield to his way, his will. So you can actually access what he knows you need and not what you want. Do not let the world... Make your situation to be out to be to be something it's not. Don't don't let the world make your situation out to be something it's not. Look at God's perspective of your situation. A lot of people are saying you should stay in this relationship. He's a good man. Your mom even likes him. But deep down, something is off. Something doesn't feel right. He's not. He's not. He's not this. It's not that. He's not being there for you. What's God's perspective? You are my child. You are worth more than silver or gold. Rubies can't even compare to you. You're precious and honored in my sight. I'm quoting the I'm quoting scripture, okay? Precious and honored in my sight. God will never bring me into a situation of confusion. He doesn't know about me. God knows about me. God sees me. He doesn't want to marry me. He doesn't see my value. He doesn't see my worth. God sees your worth, sees your value, understands who you are. God will never lead you into a confusing situation because it's not his character. He's a God of peace. He's a God of love. He's a God of rest. With that being said, I will finish this with one thing. This week, I hope that you can take some time to study God's character. Put yourself aside for a second. And you see how fast your life changes when you're not the center of attention. And I, what I mean by that is when you're not always wanting to look for something f- for you in the moment, like to gain, to gain, to gain, and actually just try to investigate who am I worshiping? 
A lot of us are worshiping God, but we don't know who God is. We're not investigating his character. We're not looking for his, like, we, we don't understand his character, so we don't understand when he moves. We don't see his pattern. Just take some time to hear from God. Take some time to investigate God's character in his word. Because you will find him if you seek him with your whole heart. I love you guys so much. Thank you for the continual support. I'm also very sorry for last week I did not post. I was swamped. I had so much work. It was reading week. I had assignments, midterms, all that stuff. So thank you for your love and for your consistency. And I will see you guys next week for part two. Bye. Am I waving or am I? <laughs> Bye, guys.